Welcome to a new series of Coffee Pods. Just over August, we're going to look at four healing stories that make you want to ask the question, why on earth did Jesus do that? It's the question that the disciples would have asked too. So get your coffee, get your headphones on and let's go. Welcome to Coffee Pods, a 15 minute coffee length look at one of the difficult issues around the Christian healing ministry. So plug yourself in, pick up your mug of coffee, and let's go. Welcome to uh, Coffee Pods in August, uh, number one. And we're looking at the, some stories that make you ask the question, why on earth did Jesus do that? Our first story is found in Mark chapter 5. The background is that Jesus has just uh, arrived uh, from across the lake, uh, having uh, released the Gadarene demoniac. He's met by a father who is frantic for Jesus to come and help his daughter. The fact that the father is Jairus and he's the leader of the synagogue means that after this event, his career as a significant and respected Jewish leader is probably uh, on the decline. And he is desperate to get Jesus to come to his house and heal his uh, daughter. Uh, this story uh, in Mark chapter 5 is one of the seven interrupted stories in Mark's gospel. Seven times Jesus is going somewhere or he's doing something, he gets interrupted and he deals with that and then he carries on to do or go where he was going to go. And I guess one of the lovely things is that Jesus has time for our interruptions. God has time to be interrupted just with the things that are part of our lives. Anyhow, you imagine here is Jairus and he's got Jesus to come to him. And then this woman steps into the scene. And I just want to uh, read a couple of verses uh, for you just to give you the flavour of it. Uh, This is from uh, verse 24 of chapter five. It says, so Jesus went with Jairus and a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years was there. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting better, she got worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him and he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? So my question is, why on earth did Jesus do that? Knowing that uh, somebody had touched him and that healing virtue or healing power had gone out for him into somebody else's body, that somebody else was now healed because they touched him. Why did he want to bring that person out into the public gaze? Now, some of the background is interesting in itself. One thing is that the rabbis taught that when Messiah came, Whoever could touch the fringe of his prayer shawl that hung over his head and down over his shoulders, down towards his waist, but whoever touched the fringe of Messiah's prayer shawl would be healed. 
And it's more than likely that rather than touching the hem of his garment at his feet, it was actually the hem of his garment uh, around his waist as she touched his prayer shawl. And sure as not, she was healed. It's in that moment that Jesus, feeling that, then turns around and says, who touched me? You can imagine uh, the the crowd just stopping and thinking, what on earth is going on? In fact, um, it's... Uh, it's quite um, remarkable, isn't it, that, that in Matthew's story of this one, the disciples are saying, but Jesus, loads of people are touching you. The crowd's pressing in on you. You know, who? Who can he say who it was? Now, of course, the story has a number of other things in it, and we're told that she's had this condition for 12 years. And and obviously, some of the details that are put in there are the editor's notes, the fact that she'd spent all she had on doctors, it hadn't helped. um, And and that's all sort of background knowledge. Um, Of course, the story, uh, both stories, uh, talk about two women. This woman here who is marginalised and uh, excluded from community according to the Levitical law in Leviticus chapter 15. And of course, the other um, woman is the little girl who, by, by virtue of being a child, but also by virtue of being a female child, is again insignificant and marginalised and having no great sort of impact on society or culture. And the story of these two women that Jesus is now going to help and release. One of the biographical details, of course, is that this woman would, had been ill for 12 years and Jairus's daughter was 12 years old, which is why Jesus can say to Jairus when they come and say, um, look, don't bother the teacher anymore. Your daughter has died. Jesus can turn to him and say, Jairus, um, don't be afraid. Just believe. Well, believe what? Well, Jairus has just seen Jesus cure a 12 year old problem. And there is a 12 year old problem back at Jairus's house. And Jesus is saying, come on, Jairus. Don't be afraid. Just believe you. Believe what you've seen. Believe what God has already done. So it then sort of brings us to really the story of why does Jesus then apparently expose this woman and and bring her into the public arena? Um, Clearly, uh, the condition that she's had has meant that she has been excluded from society. She would be regarded as unclean. Uh, She wouldn't have been to the synagogue or uh, as part of the social fabric of society. She would have had to keep away from people and people would have certainly respected Jews, would have kept away from uh, her. And of course, it's interesting, isn't it, as uh, Jesus calls her out and she then says, it's me almost like, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And you can imagine the crowd perhaps pulling back from her as they realise that she had pushed her hand through the crowd to touch uh, Jesus' uh, garments. And she could easily have touched their garments. And therefore, they would have been unclean as well, uh, according to the law. And so they're thinking, what on earth has happened here? It's interesting also in the story, isn't it, that um, there is more cleanness in Jesus 
than there was uncleanness in the woman. There was more grace and more provision and more life and more power in Jesus than there was need in the woman herself. And, and so it's a lovely story about how God meets our needs. His resource is much, much better. But it still doesn't answer the question, what on earth was Jesus doing bringing this woman out into the public arena? Well, the thing that I like about the healing ministry of Jesus is that just like people, it's just so multi-layered. God is doing just so many things even with a simple action or a simple word. And in fact, it's been interesting. I've had times when I've spoken at a meeting and people have thanked me for saying this, and I realised I didn't even say it. But they heard something from God in the telling of whatever it was that I was uh, preaching on. And God is doing much more for this woman than just this surface event. So why? Why on earth does he do this? Well, I think it's really interesting, isn't it, that it seems to me that Jesus doesn't want this woman to go away with just half of the provision and the grace that God has got for her. I think he doesn't want her to leave thinking that she stole her healing that she took something by deceit that God didn't necessarily want her to have. I think Jesus wants her to know that this was the Father's pleasure to give her this release and this life. And I think it's, it's quite an incredible um, journey, isn't it, that in this moment that Jesus is giving her not just physical healing, but he's doing something for her whole being, that God was willing to do this. I think the other thing is that it reveals that God isn't ashamed that she touched him. Jesus isn't ashamed that she touched him. In fact, I think he he wants her to know this very thing, that actually far from her making him unclean, he made her clean and the flow of life was the was the other way but also i think it shows that god was just wanted to affirm that he had done this all the rules that existed that she would have to go through to confirm the, uh, her cleanness uh, according to the law and it's almost as if god does it in one stroke before everybody who has ever known her story, she is declared clean and whole and healed in front of the whole community for whom she has had to remain separate. And it's not just that Jesus healed her body. It's not just that Jesus wanted her to know that it was the Father's pleasure to give her this, that there was no guilt in the way that she took her healing. In fact, He's wanting to do the opposite and he will, in a few moments, confirm her faith. But also he's restoring her to community and to family, to the community of faith, to synagogue, to all that was life. And she's got back far more than she bargained for. But restoring her publicly, 
he cuts through a lot of the, the religious stuff and declares what God has done. But also he uh, commends her faith. And uh, he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. And I love the fact that, one, he just calls this lovely term of endearment, daughter, daughter of Abraham. He will use that phrase again in Luke's gospel about the woman who uh, was bent double as he restores her. And it's a term of, of value, of affirmation, of significance. But also, of course, the, the, the beautiful issue is that he commends her faith in him. In fact, one of the, the versions of it talks about great faith. And Jesus commends her as a woman of faith. Now, when we hear that phrase in the Gospels, we just hear that Jesus says, um, your faith has healed you. But actually, the Jews would have heard it with a deeper inflection where Jesus says, your faith in me has healed you. It's not just the presence of the ability to believe things that aren't true. Actually, Jesus is commending her for her faith in him. And it's an incredible uh, virtue and value as, as God uh, commends this woman for her faith. But also he says to her, go in peace. And I love that Jesus rounds this off by speaking shalom over her. And as you draw all this together, um, this is the reason that Jesus wanted to have these moments with her face to face. She didn't steal a healing. There is no guilt that the father wanted her to have this. The father wanted to publicly affirm that she was healed and restored to community and that the father wanted to affirm that she was his daughter. Jesus affirms her faith in him and then just says, go in peace, you're freed from your suffering. Do you know what I like? That in those words, you are freed. There is the declaration that this is not going to come back. And we know that for many, particularly in this season, fighting the, a return of something that they thought had been uh, delivered. And I just want to encourage you today as we come to the end of the podcast to put our faith together back in Jesus and let him speak his love over you today. So let's just pray for a moment. Father, thank you today that just as for this woman, you want us to know that it is your pleasure to pour out healing and grace upon us. Father, thank you that we can never take from you something that you're not already so desiring to give to us. And so, Lord, today, as we reach out for comfort and for healing and for wholeness and for peace, Lord, we thank you that just as you took this woman and just had these moments face to face with her, Lord, I pray now that you would have those moments face to face with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on Coffee Pods today. We appreciate you giving us the time. If you've got any comments or questions, then please do let us have them at info at acornchristian.org. And we look forward to meeting you again.